Relevant. Relevant. A radio show. Sharing a real message in a relevant way. Good morning and happy Sunday. Thanks for joining us on Relevant, the radio show. I'm your host, Natasha Herrick. We have a great topic today, something very timely. Today, we're going to be talking about you can have Jesus and a therapist too. Listen, 2020 came in taking no prisoners. We've all been dealing with the coronavirus, worshiping remotely, remote learning, reduced hours on our jobs, or some people even losing their jobs, sickness, loss of loved ones, you name it. So much has been going on. And listen, sometimes you need some extra help and resources to process all of the feelings that you have. And there's nothing wrong with it. And we are going to talk about it. We have a great guest today, Lena Chapman. She's a licensed therapist and she's also a believer. And she's going to talk to us about how faith and therapy can work together. Our song of the day is by Donnie McClurkin and it's called Again. Listen to these lyrics. When I need someone who cares, someone to wipe away my tears, reach out and calm my fears. I know that you'll be there. Again, I call you and again, you answer. Again, I need you and again, you're there. Again, I reach out and again, you hold me. You console me once more and again. Because you know what? When we really need somebody to lean on, no matter how many times we call on the Lord, He is always there. Once more and again, He's there. Again by Donnie McClurkin. I call you and again you answer. Again I need you and again you're there. Again I reach out and again you hold me. You console me once more. When I need company, someone just to sit with me. I'm 
Everybody clap your hands right here. We will fight and we will win. Come on, that's what we say. And we will win. And we will win. We speak victory. We speak victory to every trial we're in. We are overcomers. We are overcomers. By the blood of the Lamb. By the blood of the Lamb. No longer defeated. No longer defeated. But we're winners now. We're winners. Clap your hands right here. Come on, SLV. Woo! We always win. Let's do it one more time. Come on, y'all.
of 2020, when people were stocking up on canned goods and toilet paper at grocery stores throughout this country, Crystal McDonald couldn't find SpaghettiOs with meatballs anywhere. For some, having a pantry full of non-perishables during a lengthy stay-at-home order was precautionary, but for McDonald, it was paramount. You see, McDonald's daughter, Ashlyn, has severe nonverbal autism. When she was four years old, she tried SpaghettiOs with meatballs and since mid-March has been unable to eat anything else. Before the pandemic, she would eat a few other types of foods like cheese pizza, yogurt, and grilled cheese. Food is a very sensory experience for her, and I believe that most foods are just too much texture and taste-wise for her, her mom said. Once she lost her routine of school, And like so many other people with autism, routine is vital to their mental health. She just stopped eating other foods. I think the predictability of the texture and taste of SpaghettiOs brings a sense of control and comfort to her during these chaotic times. When she realized that SpaghettiOs were all out of her local market in Attleboro, Massachusetts, McDonald began checking grocery stores and food pantries all over the area calling or visiting up to 20 per day. In addition to searching daily, McDonald tried other variations like SpaghettiOs with Franks or similar items by Chef Boyardee, but nothing worked. In early August, Attleboro's local paper, The Sun Chronicle, featured McDonald in a story about people's experience with food shortages. Afterwards, McDonald received an outpouring of support from her community. From tips on where to find the product to donations of cans directly to her door. Campbell's Soup Company, which owns SpaghettiOs, heard about McDonald's quest for its canned pasta and was eager to help. They said SpaghettiOs was glad to hear that the McDonald family received so much support from friends and family and neighbors to locate Ashland's favorite meal. We'd like to make it a little easier for them and planned to send the McDonald's a year's supply of SpaghettiOs and meatballs. The surprise gift has brought McDonald to tears. This is such an incredible gift for my daughter and for us. This will bring so much joy and relieve so much stress. This is an amazing blessing and I can't express my gratitude enough. I don't have words. Now that's what's right with the world. 
it's awesome to see a community come together. Stay tuned. What's right with the world? You're rocking with the best on a relevant radio show with your host, Natasha Harrod.
gonna be big One day I'm gonna be famous One day I'll be able to say That I made it, I made it One day I'm gonna be rich And everything is gonna be different One day I'll be able to say That I made it, I made it I'll have one secret It's the kind that I kinda gotta tell the whole world I'll scream it from the mountaintops and tell everyone it wasn't me. But God, that gets all the glory. For without Him letting it be, I wouldn't be able to say that I made it. I made it. Maybe I'll win an award. It says I've achieved some greatness. But even then, still won't say that I made it, I made it, cause one day I'm gonna be dead, but that's not all bad, cause I'll be up in heaven, yes, that will be the day I say I made it, I made it, cause I've lived with that secret, it's the kind that I kinda got Tell the whole world I just can't keep it I'll scream it from the mountaintops And tell everyone it wasn't me But God that gets all the glory For without Him letting it be I wouldn't be able to say That I made it, I made it It wasn't me But God that gets all the glory
Hi, this is James Ross from J. Ross TV, and you're listening to Relevant Radio with host Natasha Harrod. Let's dig deeper. In Deuteronomy 31 and 6, the Bible admonishes us to be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. The last part of that scripture has gotten me through so many tough times. The knowledge that God will never leave me nor forsake me. There was times, yes, that depression sought to take over my mind. There were times that I was so sad and overwhelmed that I didn't even want to get out of bed. I wanted to give up. Sometimes I felt the world would be a better place without me. I had to get to a place to understand that I needed more help than I could give myself. I often use the analogy that I started at a negative five and I needed help to get up to even a zero. God directed me to counselors and therapists that I could go to and I can talk and process things. And it was a blessing for my life. In fact, it probably saved my life at several points to be able to have someone outside of my situation, outside of my life, to give me objective opinions, educated concepts and tools to help me to navigate through what I was going through, to help me to process it. Therapy does not give you answers. Therapy does not run contradictory to the Bible. But what they do is they help you to find the answers. They help you to process your experiences so that you can see clearly. And I understand how faith and counseling can work together. It would be just the same as if your blood pressure were running high, your blood sugar levels were running high. If there were medication that they gave you, if there were medication that they gave you to regulate those things, you would pursue that. If you needed to be under doctor's care for those conditions, you would submit to that. I challenge you to the belief that your mental health is just as important as your physical health. Just like you pray and also take your high blood pressure medication until the healing of that manifests, I believe that you can go and seek mental health counseling and therapy until the manifestation of your deliverance comes forth. And really, it's not as if you have to have severe issues for counseling or therapy to be beneficial. Really, I think that a mental health checkup should be mandatory for everyone. It just helps to be able to sit and talk, process things. Sometimes we are so busy living life, moving past things that we don't take time to process. We don't take time to reflect. And sometimes that's all that therapy will do is help you to go through that reflective process. It's time out for the thinking that just because I'm saved, that I'm all good. God desires us to be healthy and whole. Don't be afraid to seek out the help that you need. 2020 has been a challenging year for so many people. People have lost loved ones. They've lost jobs. They're at the end of their rope. They're stretched financially. They've dealt with sickness. They've dealt with the threat of sickness. They've dealt with remote learning. They've dealt with working from home. So many changes and disruptions to our schedule. 
We're not worshiping in our church buildings, but we're worshiping at home remotely. And we don't have that support system of our church family readily available as it normally would. So there's so much that's different in our lives. And so if you need to check in with someone, if you need some help, if you have been struggling, you don't have to suffer in silence. But I submit to you today that God has sent a word for you today as just a tap on the shoulder to let you know that he loves you unconditionally and he wants you to be healthy and strong. And sometimes it may take getting some additional help and resources. It's here and it's available to you so that you can live a life of victory. Don't suffer in silence any longer, but get the help that you need so that you can walk in the victory that God has ordained for your life. Be blessed and we'll be right back. This is Relevant, the radio show, and I'm your host, Natasha Harrod. Touch me. Your unchanging hand. Touch me. 
Natasha Harris. Hello, and thanks for joining us. We are back with Relevant, the radio show. I'm your host, Natasha Harris, and I have with us today our guest, Lena Chapman. Hi, Lena. How are you? I am doing well. How are you doing today? I am awesome. Thanks for joining us. I am so excited. Oh, my goodness. And I'm really looking forward to this discussion because I think it's a very timely discussion with everything that's going on in the world. Um, I really think I would like to bring some clarity to this subject for believers, for Christians, um, just to really kind of understand um, what therapy is all about. Uh, But before we get into that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So, of course, my name is Lena Chapman, and I am a mental health therapist, a licensed professional counselor, um, and I am the co-owner of Haven of Support Counseling Services. And so, um, basically, yeah, I'm I'm a full-time therapist. I just became a full-time therapist working for myself last Friday, so I'm so excited. Congratulations. Oh, my goodness. So exciting. And I am the wife of my wonderful husband, Jerome Chapman, and the mother of two rambunctious, <laughs> very energetic, adventurous boys that are oh. uh, seven and five. Okay. Okay. So you are very busy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <That'd be cool. laughs> yes. Yes. Well, congratulations on becoming um, a full-time entrepreneur and therapist. That's, that's awesome. Absolutely. So we know that 2000, uh, 2020 has been a challenging year for many people. Um, and if it had on the, you know, very minimal, our routines and our traditions have been altered. Um, we're, we're wearing masks now pretty much everywhere we go. Our routines are off, you know, school looks different, work looks different for many people. Um, And so many of these changes have been outside of our control. You know, if you are the type of person that's used to planning your day, planning your time, planning vacations, and being able to kind of be in control of your life, a lot of that has kind of been outside of your purview this year. Not only that, you know, with we're dealing with racial injustice. Um, It's been at the forefront of the news and kind of right when you feel like maybe it's kind of slipping back something else happens and something else happens to add to it. Um, There's been some 
very high profile deaths this year, you know, starting the year with Kobe Bryant to just recently um, Chadwick Boseman, you know, and then mm-hmm. some others in between that. Um, and those are just people, you know, that we looked at, admired, but then death has really been brought closer to home this year for many people as never before. Um, yeah. So we've been surrounded by illness, the threat of illness, which sometimes can be even more cause even more anxiety, that threat. Um, we're concerned for our loved ones, our children, um, social distancing, and that's caused issues of isolation. So in all of that, you know, because of health guidelines, we've had, you know, when we've had to grieve, we've often not been able to do it in the traditional sense of having a support system. That is Um, so correct. Yeah, not being able to be there for hospitalized loved ones, which, you know, causes us stress, causes them stress. And all of these things can leave us feeling anxious, depressed, Uh, stressed, you know, and even as Christians, many feel disconnected from the support system of their church family because we're not meeting in a traditional way that looks different. We're meeting virtually. Um, Some have gone back to in-person meeting, but even that it's, it's just not the same um, because we're having to be distant, you know, and some feel the need for additional support, but they're kind of uncomfortable with seeking professional help as a believer, you know, um, Can you speak to that as far as kind of that hesitation, um, you know, that we feel sometimes as being a believer, being a Christian um, and seeking out therapy? You know, I should just be able to pray. I should be able to maybe just talk to my sisters and brothers in Christ and feel better. Mm -hmm. Um, But what would you know, kind of speak to that aspect of it? So, like you said, 2020 has been one weird, <laughs> unexpected roller coaster without a seatbelt almost <laughs> kind of year. And so, like you said, you named so many different things that people are going through, people are experiencing, people. And, and one thing that 2020 has brought us is that I think life has always happened. But with the quarantine and us not being able to socially connect with people, we're kind of experiencing life in a place where we are distant. And so just like you were saying um, on the spiritual piece of it, because that is near and dear to my heart, and that is what God has called me to do is to go and talk with um, churches about mental health and mental health awareness. And so when we think about 2020, we think about everybody and all the different aspects, when we think about the church and um, therapy and we think about just all the things that's been going on, we tend to rely on our social connections. So like you said, one of our social connections is the church, you know, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so now that we're not being able to meet like we used to, we can't even hug like we used to or nap or whatever we used to do. (laughs) And so those connections are so important, especially when it has to do with our mental health. And so when we talk about therapy and um, and church, it is very important because uh, therapy doesn't skip over the saved. It doesn't skip over the saints. It is for mental health. It has to do with everybody. Mm-hmm. Mental health has to do with everybody. Everybody is human and we all go through something or go through multiple things. And so it's very important to take care of your mental health and to understand what mental health is and what mental illness is. Mm, definitely. Definitely. And I love what you said about how it doesn't skip over the saints, you know, but, oh, okay. you know, um, and sometimes because we 
have this belief that we need to be so strong. Sometimes it seems to attack even more so because we don't give ourselves that outlet. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and and just like you said, it, it's because, and, and we have to think about the culture aspect when we talk about church, okay? So when we talk about church, um, most of the time we pretty much fellowship with people who look like us, okay? Mm-hmm. Now there are some interracial churches or, you know, multicultural churches, that's the best, better word, the multicultural churches um, that are out there that are different races and ethnicities who are uh, worshiping together. But for, I would say the most part, especially, you know, where I'm from, which is in St. Louis, we're pretty divided. It's either you got a black church, a white church, a Hispanic church, an Asian church, you know, that type of thing. And we worship with people who look like us. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about the African-American community, when we think about that, you have to realize that mental illness or mental, excuse me, when um, we think about mental health, we think about the stigma the stereotype, the taboo that is attached to it. It's a cultural thing, a cultural thing that has seeped into our church world because we worship with people who look like us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very important aspect to bring out as well, um, because I, I remember saying something like that, going through a divorce at one time and just a lot of things. I mean, it just seemed like that was the catalyst for a lot of things to start just kind of tumbling down. And Mm -hmm. I remember feeling like not only do you have that layer of um, the stigma in the black community of therapy, Mm -hmm. but then also in the church community of therapy. And, um, you know, um, and, and, and let's talk about, actually what therapy looks like. You know, when we talk about therapy or counseling, sometimes um, people picture you laying on a couch and talking about your childhood, blaming your parents for everything or give it, being given theories that um, are contradictory to the Bible. Um, you know, people have that notion. But give us an idea of what therapy sessions are like. So absolutely, that is what you're going to think. You're going to have this really nice lounge couch. You're staring up at a ceiling while someone is over there taking notes. And um, not true. Okay, now sometimes it, it's, it's awesome to lay across a couch. Don't get me wrong, but that's, most therapists do not do the therapy that way. Um, so yes, you may be sitting on a couch or some type of, type of comfortable chair, but when we think about therapy, we think about all the stereotypes that are hooked up with it. But literally, it's a good conversation with someone who is trained professionally on how to respond. And that's why even though we rely on our friends and our family and when we're going through tough times to talk with them about certain things, there's a different type of level of professionalism and expertise and training um, that is uh, involved in therapy. Mm-hmm. It's not just, girl, yeah, I understand a man, yeah, a bro, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> More than just, I understand, or this is what you should do. It is a process of getting the uh, the client, the expertise um, on, uh, so basically we, we allow the clown to be the expert. Mm-hmm. You are the expert of your life. So let me help you process through what's going on. Let me show, let me help you um, figure out where it's coming from. Let's get to the root of it. So it's so many different dynamics and um, structures and techniques that are with therapy that um, that's why I always say like, you know, yeah, it's good to talk to a friend and things of that nature, but your friend is not your therapist. Mm. And you cross those boundaries when you try to lay all this stuff on your friend and your friend is like, look, I got my own problems and I'm not (laughs) trying to deal with that. Mm -hmm. And so that's what therapy looks like. 
like um, it's 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 more than just a conversation. It's a conversation that's structured with techniques, trainings, and th- things of that nature. Now, when we think about therapy, I'm gonna just throw this in here really quickly. When I went to school for psychology, my undergrad for psychology, all those different theories were created by Caucasian men in their fifties. Okay. So a lot of those STEM theories, Freud and um, Erickson and all those different people, they created a lot of those theories um, that we study. And so that's why it's so important for people to look like you um, to go and get the education and things of that nature in order to, uh, in order to understand how to uh, cross it over into the community in which you serve. Let me put it like that. Um, yes. Yeah, so a lot of the theories I, uh, I've learned in school were basically for uh, uh, were created by men, Caucasian men in their 50s and up old men. And then uh, later on, there started to be more women who were involved in it. Um, but there wasn't too many black people involved in it. Mm. There wasn't too many people who were Asian or Hispanic involved in it or any other type of ethnicity. And so that's why it's so important for us to... Um, as people of color to go and get those education, those degrees in those different areas, because we have to be able to cross it over um, to people who look like us. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And then even people that look like you, and maybe even if you're able to find um, a licensed professional counselor, maybe that is a Christian or a similar belief, you know, if that is important to you, because sometimes, you know, someone will, that will value your belief system, you know, and will honor that and maybe incorporate that into your process. Absolutely. And so one thing that I can say about the crossover, because, because I'm not necessarily labeled as a Christian therapist, but I am a therapist who is saved or is a Christian. And so what I've learned is because let me just put it like this. Um, if you go to school to be a Christian counselor or a Christian therapist, there are different type of biblical techniques that are incorporated into your program. Okay. And so I just went to the regular, you know, um, program for that, but the crossover is what I, I really want to, um, hone in on. So the crossover is, is that I learn all these different techniques. I learn all these different scientific information. I have to now cross this all over into the biblical perspective. Okay. Because it's just who I am. So I would say a good 95% of my clients are people from the church who were Christians who were saying, this is what I was waiting on. This is what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. I was looking for someone who was a believer like me who was a therapist and who looked like me. Mm -hmm. And so what I'd had to do was cross it all over and say, Lord, what are you telling me? What are you showing me? How am I supposed to cross all this over and be able to articulate everything that I've learned and I was trained to do and be able to put your light, your, 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 um, perspective, your, 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 um, salvation through this? Like, how do I do that? Mm -hmm. And so that's pretty much what I've been doing for years is crossing all of this over to say, okay, what has the church said about it for years? What are we saying about it now? Okay. Okay. For years and years and years, we have just kind of just said, 
Let's just pray through it. Let's uh, cast the demons out. Let's um, throw some white sheets over it. And that's all wonderful. I'm not saying that I don't believe in those things because I do. I do believe that some stuff is spiritual and demons and things of that nature. But it's a very thin line that is crossed over to the physical piece or the mental piece when we're talking about deliverance. Mm -hmm. And we fail to realize that God delivers in so many different ways. He uses people, he uses, he's the source, we're just the resource. So he can use a doctor to help you with your diabetes or anything that's going on physically with you. He can use a lawyer to help you in the court, uh, courtroom. He can use this, this, and that. He uses these people to help us. And so when we think about therapists, it's the same thing. He uses people just like me. God uses people just like me to help you facilitate, to work through those issues that you've gone through. So that may, you know, God may use a therapist or counselor to, you know, that may be the way um, that you receive your deliverance in this, you know, area, you know, of depression or anxiety or phobias or whatever the case might be, you know, and so we can't discount any, you know, any of the mechanisms that God may use, you know, to, you know, for your healing. So I guess that kind of leads me into um, my next I guess, question of how do you feel like for the person that is going to therapy, that is saved, that is a believer, how can they, how can faith and therapy work together? How can they use those things um, connected? Okay. Very good question. Um, A lot of people, and I've I've actually talked to leaders um, and partnered with churches in the area of St. Louis to, um, partner with mental health and faith Mm. and so basically it's realizing that people are spiritual physical and mental beings all these things and and they all work together when one is affected the other one gets affected and so when we all work together we're able to um, really help an individual out of certain situations and so when we talk about faith and um and therapy even myself. So listen, I struggled with this for years. I went to school to be a therapist. (laughs) I'm in church, things of that nature, and I wouldn't go see a therapist myself. (laughs) So I'm in school, trained, uh, learning how to be a therapist, and I wouldn't go myself because I still had those stigmas attached. Well, I'm not the crazy one. Well, I don't have the problem. I'm helping people through their problems, but I don't have the problem. And it wasn't up until maybe a couple years ago, I said, it is time. It is time. And there is no way that God is going to use me if, um, if I continue to go down this route as if I don't have things that I need to work through. Interesting. And what's going to happen is I'm going to bleed on other people. Mm. I'm going to use my biases or I'm going to use that trauma those triggers, those insecurities, all those different things. And I'm going to, what's going to happen is it's going to affect my therapy, my, my um, um, techniques and how I deliver therapy. So I literally had to go through a processing period to say how, Lord, how does faith and therapy go together? How am I supposed to do that? And when I begin to um, look at myself and say, why wouldn't I go? Because I was afraid. I was afraid that someone, if I went myself as a believer, as someone who's saved, that someone would look at me and say, 
you weren't praying hard enough. What's wrong with you? Where's your faith? Where, 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 where is your strength? You know, that's not what Christians do. We go to God for everything. But when I realized one day that that was going to God is by doing the work, faith without works. So my faith was in God that he can heal me how he wanted to heal me. And if one of the ways he wanted to heal me was through therapy, I was going to take it. Do you think that that kind of internal struggle helped you to understand the struggle that some patients or potential patients may have? Honey, absolutely. Absolutely. I hear it all the time. I hear it. You just don't understand. I've been struggling, struggling, struggling. I just didn't know what to do. And so I had to go through that processing period in order for me to understand, in order for me to know what I was dealing with. If I was not put in that position, then I, I just can remember uh, with my firstborn and after I delivered, I remember I cried, cried. I just would cry and I was just being so um, negative towards myself and I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And I was like, man, these baby blues are just something else. That's what I call them. It's just baby blues. It's your hormones trying to catch up with itself. But when I went to my um, my OBGYN for the checkup, you know, the, I think it's a six week checkup. He asked me how I was doing. I was just like, you know, and he could tell. He gave me some cards for a therapist. Mm. And I said, okay, I think I might need to go. But um, my husband, um, with um, at that time, he wasn't in the mind space about therapy. So he was just like, no, they're going to put you on medicine. And I backed away from it. Mm. So I suffered in silence for years. Mm. I most likely had postpartum depression or um, another thing called postpartum anxiety. Mm. And I did not have any, and I suffered internally because I was so afraid of what other people would think of me. Now my husband is on board for therapy, so bless his heart. <laughs> bless his heart. But he had to go through a process himself. Yeah. So yeah. Sometimes that processing period that you go through is for a reason and a purpose in order to help someone, in order for you to realize how to help people. Yeah, definitely. And you hit on something I definitely want to come back to, suffering in silence. Oh, um, yes. We are gonna, we're going to stick a pin in it. We're going to take a break, and we're going to be right back. Hi, I'm Herb Caldwell, and along with my wife, Latasha, we are all in music production. And today we're here at Music House Recording Studio. Music House Recording Studio is a full studio. Uh, we feature three key spaces. We have the drum booth uh, to give us good sound isolation there. We stock a five-piece birch drum set with a vast array of cymbals. And of course, you're welcome to bring your own. We also have a live space for recording all of our vocals. Uh, whether you're a band, a cappella vocalist, or a 50-voice gospel choir, we can accommodate you in there. We're in the control room, which is the heart of the studio. Here we feature both analog and digital gear to give us a well-rounded sound. Uh, we have several keyboards as well as thousands of sounds to our virtual instrument bank. We do also have a drawball organ for those who want that Hammond and Leslie sound. For the comfort of our clients, we also have a lounge with a fully stocked snack area. You're welcome to check uh, your email and get online, uh, watch television in there, even take a nap. Whether you're looking to do a single, an EP, or a full album project, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, especially those of you who are doing music for and from the community of faith. We're in Caseyville, Illinois, and easy to reach. We're just 15 minutes from downtown St. Louis and 25 minutes from the airport. So please go online and check us out. All our contact information is there. Allinmusicproduction.com. That's allinmusicproduction.com. Look forward to hearing and seeing you soon. 
And we are back. Our topic today is you can have Jesus and a therapist too. And we are talking with Lena Chapman. She is a um, licensed therapist and counselor. And we are talking about um, therapy and the faith community, um, therapy and believers, those that are saved, um, but really how those things can work in connection and how God can use therapy and counseling as a vehicle for your deliverance. Um, he can use that as a mechanism to uh, assist you in your mental wellness. Um, something that you said before the break um, that really resonated with me, because I know that I was there for many, many years suffering mm-hmm. in silence um, because you are in ministry, because you are in leadership, because you um, hold positions, because other people look to you as the strong one, or because you are just, you know, just because you're saved and a believer, um, you just don't feel comfortable. And so you, and it makes me think of the song um, that says, oh, what needless pains we bear. Mm. All because we do not carry everything to God, not only in prayer, but even in that prayer, um, what else is he leading you to do? You know, because sometimes you can be led to seek out help and, you know, but we just won't go because, oh, no, it couldn't be that. And we (laughs) suffer in silence. Mm. Why don't you speak to that? Suffering in silence. Oh, do I know it so well. Um, Like I said uh, before the break is that I I suffered for many years, not even just after I had my first uh, son, but just many years of childhood trauma, um, divorces and um, separations, abandonment, rejection, grief, all types of things that I experienced. And years and years, you just kind of, it's life. You know, you just get through it. And I think what happens, especially in our African-American communities is we are so used to being the strong one. And we're so used to having a label on what strong is that we tend to say that's what's being strong is being quiet and not letting people know that you're hurting. And we become, Um, we we equate being strong with silence. Wow. You've said a mouthful there. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And we are living in survival mode. We've been living in survival mode since slavery. Mm -hmm. Since slavery, it is, we don't have time to cry. We don't have time to worry about that husband that was sold over here, that baby that was taken from us, that whipping, all those different things. We don't have time to think about those things because we got to live for the next day. Mm-hmm. We have to live for the next day. And we inherit that from generations to generations. We don't have time to think about that. We don't have time for that. We have to live. We have to survive. We have to carry on. And now we are in a place where we are still in survival mode. And like you said, we equate strong with um, um, silence. And now is the time to get the help. We carry so many, so much generational burden um, from years and years and years of not getting help. Mm-hmm. And we have the opportunity now, today, 2020, with all the mess that's going on, to see a rainbow at the end of the tunnel, a light at the end of the tunnel, a rainbow in the sky after the storm, and say, this is the time I can change my DNA. This is a time where the, the curses stop, the burden stop that I'm going to pass down from generation to generation. It's going to stop with me. I'm going to get help. And we talk about breaking generational curses, you know, but sometimes that means you seeking out, you know, help and assistance and therapy in order to, you know, resolve some of those things. 
we've been taught to be silent when things happen in the home. What sta- what happens in the home stays in the home, whether it's abuse, molestation, and oh, yes. you have to be strong and you can't, you know, you know, it would hurt everybody if you told what Uncle Johnny did, you know, never mind that it's hurting you and killing you, Absolutely. you know, but you would hurt everybody. So just keep silent. And so these, and we've, we've, we've gotten saved and, you know, but we haven't processed so many of the things that the childhood trauma, uh, traumatic experiences that we've gone through, the divorce that we went through, the addictions that we went through. And yes, we have been delivered, you know, but we haven't processed how we felt about those things, what they did to our psyche, you know, and so there comes counseling and therapy. Yes. And what you said, something that was key, deliverance. I always tell people therapy does not take the place of God. Mm. Therapy does not take the place of the cross and what Jesus did for us so many years ago on Calvary. He, it does not take the place of it. What therapy is, is a resource from the source. Okay. 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 So the source, God, we are the resource from the source. And so when we start looking at therapy that way, that it's not an addition to, but it's a resource from, okay? Mm, and not and a replacement. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so that's what happens is that, uh, you know, people are kind of misquoting it in a way to say, is this and that. Like, it's almost like it's an addition to versus saying, no, it's a resource and, mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, yes. so it's very important to understand that it, we, we get our help from the source. And if you look at yourself, if you have Christ in you and, and, and he lives in you and the Holy Ghost is living inside of you, that means that you are just facilitating the light in a certain way. And so um, when we think about therapy, and we think about all those different things and the components of therapy and getting the help and the support we need. It's just saying that, God, I recognize that you use therapy for deliverance. And when we look about deliverance, we think about, okay, getting knocked down, falling on the floor, rolling out, things of that nature. All of those can play a part in it. But after we're delivered, I wonder if there's some residue left. Mm. Mm-hmm. Is there some yes. residue that we need to clean up? Some dust, you know, some straightening up we need to do. Mm-hmm. That's what therapy's for. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe it's just some residue that was left after the deliverance. Yeah, exactly. You know, and if you don't get rid of the residue, what's going to do? It's going to collect, and then before you know it, you're going to be battling that thing again. Mm, that is really good. I mean, this I think is just such a great discussion, um, valuable discussion, because I know that there are so many people that have been through a range of emotions this year. Um, and, you know, and, and I think that this period, um, this 2020 and everything that we've gone through, we've had to slow, we've been forced to slow down Mm -hmm. and we have not been able to run and go. And, and I know for, you know, sometimes when I was, um, in my twenties, when I was going through depression, church Mm -hmm. became, um, not just a place of fellowship and teaching and ministry, but it became a coping mechanism. Yes. And I was just busy doing this and busy doing that, running to this service, running to that service, holding this leadership position, holding that leadership position. Kind of so I wouldn't have to slow down and deal with me and my stuff, you know? (laughs) Yeah. You know? Um, (laughs) and so, you know, and if you have no life outside of church, um, you might want to look at that, you know, is it just because you are, because you love it 
or is it because you know you you were just yeah you're just Mm -hmm. being busy you know um so it's just something to think about and and I, I love the way that you really um bring Christ to the forefront of this conversation mm-hmm. and, and, and make sure that, Hey, that you understand that this is where your help comes from. And yeah. he provides this as a resource. You know, it's not your help. I'm not your savior, you know, but this is only a resource, you know, to get you to where, you know, God has for you. Um, but let's talk, we've talked a little bit about kind of this taboo, but um, let's kind of get into that, you know, because I feel like it may be, Stop, you know, people may say, oh, that's a good discussion. That's, you know, that's great for other people. You know, mm-hmm. and we always think it's for other people. You know, oh, we even yeah. do that, you know, like, oh, if so-and-so were just here to hear this message, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> have I heard that most, have I said that multiple times myself? But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But sometimes, I mean, let's talk about the taboo. I mean, it's sometimes seen as a lack of faith to seek out assistance for issues like depression, grief, and anxiety. Um, so do you think like these things, this, this that belief um, makes it difficult for Christians to seek out um, therapy or what is this taboo about? So when we think about the taboo, like I was saying that years and years we are taught um, silence and survival and survival mode and move on and it's not that bad. And, you know, if this is just what this is just what life is. And so life happens. These are no trials and tribulations. Yes, (laughs) life happens. But I don't think God wants us to be like some suffering types of ball down, just heavy weighted people. I think um, I want to say it was in um, either John um, where it was saying, above all else, I want, uh, wish that, that you, you would prosper. prosper and be in good health, even as your soul yeah. prosper. Yeah, absolutely. And even though it was one of the apostles who had who wrote that, I believe it was literally God speaking through that apostle apostle in that time to say, I want you to prosper. I want you to prosper. It doesn't mean that you, uh, and a lot of times we think, oh, the more trials and tribulation, the more saved I am. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think that God really wants us to be down here just just burdened down and tired and just, oh, I'm living another day, just another day, the Lord has kept me, that type of thing. I really do feel like we're going to go through things. We're going to go through trials and tribulations, but for the most part, he does not want us to be bottled down financially, mm-hmm. mentally, physically, all these, that's why all of these things are placed here for us. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're struggling with um, eating and weight and stuff like that, they have coaches out there to help you with that. When you're struggling with um, spiritual stuff, you can go to the pastor and ask them, hey, I need help and support with that financially. They have financial advisors and different things of that nature. And so when we talk about mentally, that's the one thing we always leave out. We will go everywhere else trying to find something. Hey, I got a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. Hey, I got a financial coach. I got this person. I got that person to help me with all. But mental, we'll just throw that in the back. Uh-uh. Because we associate mental health with being crazy. Mm-hmm. We associate counseling with being crazy. And honestly, you know, the way that counseling or therapy was introduced so long ago, if you had any type of anything going on, they would they would commit you to a um, a state hospital and you were locked up. 
but mm-hmm. it's not that way anymore. Um, and, and, and it's not that way because now we understand what's really going on in the mind. And that was not the most therapeutic way to deal with mental illness. Mm-hmm. And so um, mental illness doesn't have to be the extremes of everything, hearing voices and seeing things. Yes, that's some of mental illness, but mental illness can also be, I don't want to get out the bed most of the days. Mm-hmm. You know, mental illness can also be that I'm grieving um, the loss of whoever that I'm grieving, um, especially in 2020. My goodness, my have my timeline on Facebook. Been, yes, I yes. lost another person. I lost another person. Here we go again. This is the fourth person in a month. The grief. Yeah. The anger. Yeah. The the uh, like I said, the depression, the anxiety. Mm-hmm. those pieces are part of your mental health and so when we think about that we just say oh it's just life no it's not just life life does happen but you can get help for your life you can get help with the things that are occurring and it's not a taboo and it's and, and i know sometimes we think that uh i've even heard that's for white people mm-hmm. i heard that too i've mm-hmm. heard that too and it's like it's not so it's yeah. not so And even as I'm speaking, I want to be transparent because I'm very transparent about my process. I see a therapist myself. Mm -hmm. And when when I'm transparent with my clients and when I'm going to speak engagements and things of that nature, and I tell people that when they look at me and they go, well, you don't look crazy. (laughs) And I'm like... I'm glad that I don't. (laughs) Right, right. But they say, oh, wow. Okay, there's somebody that I see and they seem like they have this and this going on together, but they see a therapist. You know what? Maybe I should too. Mm -hmm. And that transparency about opening up and saying that, hey, I have a therapist myself and this is what I do and this is how I get the support that I need. I think that is huge in our community. Yes, definitely. And so do you feel like these attitudes are changing or shifting shifting, um, kind of over the years? Have you seen kind of a more of an openness or do you feel like it's still the same? I do feel like there's a shift, but I don't want it to be a trend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. We are trending into this self love, this self, this self, 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 good vibes, bad vibes, good energy, bad energy. We're shifting into this space and it's becoming trendy. Mm-hmm. Therapy is not a trendy dog or a trendy purse. so that's what I see there is a shift but I don't want it to be a trendy shift where okay uh what's next in two years right right, what what are we moving on next to what I want people to understand is that it's not a trend just like going to doctor everybody goes well you should go to the doctor you go to your doctor's appointment you go to your dentist appointment you should go every six months to your dentist all those different things this is not a trend it's just like those other appointments Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. And just kind of as we conclude this really valuable conversation, um, perhaps there's somebody that's been listening and they're like, yeah, you know what? I really feel like maybe it's time that I seek out some mental health um, help, you know, a prof- mental health professional, but I'm not sure where to start. I'm not sure what type of therapy, uh, what type of specialist I should see. Can you briefly explain the difference in the roles of a therapist, a counselor, psychologist, psychiatrist, all of the, you know, like, where do I start? Well, what, you know, who do I go to? So usually we, we hear all these terms. Okay. So a counselor, therapist, same thing. Okay. 
Um, so sometimes when we hear counseling, we're like, oh, okay, counseling. Oh, no, but somebody needs therapy. It's like, no, it's the same thing. And it's okay because it does sound like it's two different things. It's just interchangeable. Okay. Um, um, when we hear social worker, we think of somebody who uh, uh, gives resources, things of that nature. There are social workers who are therapists as well. So there's, there's that, 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 okay? Then we have the psychologists and psychiatrists. So psychologists do more in death therapy, um, maybe more intense, but it's still a counseling piece in there, okay? So this, I'm using it interchangeably. I know I sound like I just changed them up, but um, so they do uh, therapy as well. And then you have a psychiatrist. Psychiatrists are people who prescribe medicine. They are doctors for your mind, Okay. okay? So usually you would see a psychiatrist if you're dealing with something like some major depression, um, some severe anxiety, um, some ADHD, things of that nature. But um, these are people who uh, prescribe psychotropics to help you. Um, there are also um, your primary care doctor can sometimes prescribe uh, medicine for you if you're feeling um, different ways and things of that nature. So that is also an oper- uh, um, a, a avenue that you can take. Um, so there's so many different ways, but all of them get help. Everybody helps people with that therapy piece. The psychiatrists that I mentioned, they are mainly doctors, so they're not going to spend more time with the therapy piece. They're just there to regulate that medicine, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, now, the counselors and all those people, those are the people who you're going to see more often, mm-hmm. okay? So, yeah. And you might, you might start with a uh, counselor, a therapist, and maybe yes. they may see where you might need to be referred to a psychiatrist, yes you know, for a, a consultation or for medication, but then you would continue to see your counselor or therapist as well. Absolutely. You got it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, 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 that's a good distinction for people um, to kind of know where to start. And I really hope that in listening to the conversation that you have become more aware and hopefully more open to, um, counseling as it relates to the faith community and believers. Um, 2020 has been an interesting year for all of us and some more than others. And possibly, you know, you haven't dealt with the the level of anxiety that you've dealt with this year or the level of grief that you've dealt with this year. And you've never really entertained the idea of seeking out counseling, but this year has really triggered some things for you or perhaps you know that you've been kind of struggling with some issues and even though you are saved, even though you're a believer, there's still something, you know, there's still some pieces that you still need to process. So I hope that we have with this discussion really opened up a door for you to um, feel free to seek out some help, some additional help. And um, there are many resources. And so we are going to, if you are in the St. Louis metropolitan area, um, we're going to list some resources on the relevant, the radio show page. And we'll also have information on um, how to contact Lena Chapman, her website and all of that. Um, So we just hope that really this has kind of um, sparked some thought for you and maybe some discussion um, with you and members of your church to encourage and as leaders and pastors definitely hope that you um, feel comfortable advocating for your congregation to seek out mental health um, wellness. And uh, just, I I know how valuable therapy can be. I um, have um, 
sought therapy out at different points in my life, have been a big, big advocate for it for my children and my husband and I as far as marriage counseling. I just, I feel like sometimes it should be mandatory for everybody to have a check mental health check-in <laughs> at least once a year. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah so. I did want to add one thing really quickly. If mm-hmm. you were listening and your heart is heavy and you've gone through so much either this year or through your lifetime, and maybe you even thinking about um, um, ending it all. Maybe you're thinking about just giving up. Let me tell you something. There are people out here who are waiting to support you and help you through this. Please do not take another day and suffer in silence. You are worth it. You are important and you are enough. You are enough. So please try your best to make those phone calls, make those appointments and get the support you need in order for you to fulfill your purpose that God has for you for your life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Because I'm sure that there's somebody that needed to hear that. Like I said, we're going to have some resources on our page. And um, just as I'm passionate in ministry about reaching people um, for the saving of their souls and for them walking in deliverance, um, after you have been saved, I I still want to see people walk in liberty and freedom. And so, yeah. So thank you so much. I really enjoyed this conversation. And uh, I know that it's been beneficial for our listeners. Thank you so much for your time, Lena. Thank you. And you guys have a wonderful day. The Relevant Radio Show. Let's get relevant. Let's get relevant. Lead me there 
radio show. I'm your host, Natasha Herrett, and this is the Relevant Spotlight. Today, we have in the Relevant Spotlight, Alexandria Herrett. She is a member of the student, she has been a member of the student council at Alton High School. She is a part of the organization Sister Keepers. She was selected um, to participate in the Future Leaders Academy through, that was sponsored by Sister Keepers and the YWCA. She participates in events with Queen of Resilience. She is an ambassador level Girl Scout, and she is a straight A student. And I also must add, Alexandria is my daughter. Welcome to the show, Alexandria. 
Thank you, Mom. Our topic today is you can have Jesus and a therapist too. I wanted Alexandra to come on today and talk about her experiences as a um, ambitious, driven high school student. She's a senior this year, so she is working through her senior year in remote with remote learning. Also trying to apply for scholarships and um, also colleges, and she deals with anxiety. And so I wanted to talk to her about her experience with therapy. And also Alexandria is saved and she loves the Lord, works faithfully in her church. And so I just kind of wanted to talk to her about how those things intersect and how she feels other teenagers, you know, how she feels about teenagers and mental health and therapy and how all of that kind of works together. So, um, so let's get started, Alexandria. So how has the remote learning been going for you? Honestly, it's been kind of stressful. Um, I feel like everyone is just adjusting to it, and it's just a whole new thing. But I've been praying, and with the grace of God, I have straight A's, and I've been doing pretty good, actually. Good, good. So, and as I said, you kind of already deal with some anxiety um how has your anxiety been with remote learning Has it heightened it not affected it has it been better since you're not at school um what's your experience been i think it's kind of been better in a way and then it's also been heightened it's like right in the middle because um at school, I deal with um, crowds and the stress of, you know, peer pressure and everything. But at home, it's it's like a little different. I'm in my own space, so that's good. And and I also feel like I'm able to do everything at my own pace. Although I I just can't wait to go back to school because. I'm more of a one-on-one student, and so. Okay. Yeah, so I can definitely understand that. Um, So speaking about anxiety and depression, and those are things that I have dealt with myself, um, not necessarily anxiety, but depression. Um, So you have been involved with therapy and counseling, and do you feel like that has helped you to navigate those issues? and helped, you know, your mental health. Yes, I definitely think that. I honestly don't think that I would be where I am today if it wasn't for therapy and God. It's just like, um, it's kind of been like a married couple kind of because I go to therapy, like before I go to therapy, I pray to God that I have a good therapy session. And then afterwards I come out feeling really good and, because of therapy, I've been able to use my coping skills when I would be at home and getting stressed because I have a lot of assignments and I've been able to really just pray more at home. And um, with therapy, it's given me the opportunity to um, be myself. And, and I really, I really like this side of me. Okay. Good. So how do you feel like, like the new me? Oh, 
Awesome. How do you feel like your, how do you feel like therapy and your faith work together? You know, and I heard you say like you pray before your sessions that you have a good session and because of therapy, you feel like maybe you're in a better headspace to pray afterwards. Um, how do you feel like, you know, or how, what are other ways that you feel like the counseling and the, and, and, and your faith work together to help you? At, when I um, started therapy, they gave me these coping mechanisms and it kind of reminded me of praying because like growing up, I was always told to pray when I needed to and pray even when I didn't need to. So um, therapy, like those coping mechanisms, having those cop- coping mechanisms and bringing in prayer it really just worked together with me. Yeah, good. And what would you say to a young person that may be dealing with um, issues in their life um, concerning their mental health, say bullying, low self-esteem, anxiety, depression, um, even internet bullying, um, or even with the, the ice, the COVID um, 19, the research, restrictions they're not in school and they're away from their friends and they have isolation and that's caused issues for them but they're hesitant to speak up um what would you say to a young person that feels like you know i would want to try therapy but i'm afraid i don't know what people will think of me um what would you say to them i would definitely say to speak out and just talk to somebody like it's not good at all to hold anything in it's such a relief to let things out. And like when you hold things in, there's no good that comes out of that. And just when you, if you are, if some people still are in quarantine, then you have to be, you have to do things that make you happy. And, you know, just like there's a scripture, James 2 and 26, that says faith without works is dead. And that even goes along with therapy. Like, you can say, I want to get better, I want to get better, but if you're not going to do anything about it, then, like, you're not going to get better. You can pray about it, yeah, and God will help you, but y'all got to work, you and God got to work together. <laughs> yeah, 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 so it's all, Just, a part, yeah, all a part of the process. Yeah. What about, you know, like, sometimes there are Christians that feel like, people shouldn't seek out therapy and, um, you know, that they should, you know, maybe just pray about it and let it go. Um, what would you say to them? Because, you know, you said how, how beneficial therapy has been for you. Um, what would you say to people that, you know, maybe feel like as a Christian, you shouldn't seek out therapy? Well, I would say to that is that I think mental health, is really important and it's it's not some illness that you can just you know sleep off it takes support and you know uh you need a support system for this type of thing and help is important you need to make sure that you are getting help yeah definitely definitely do you think that um as far as like young people that you talk to and interact with um, cause I know, like say when I was growing up or, you know, there was a stigma attached to depression or 
um, therapy, um, especially in the black community and in the church community, um, even in, in young people, you know, the, the issues may not be taken seriously. You know, it's like, oh, you just, you know, what are you sad about? You have nothing to be sad about. You know, you should be happy. Um, but I think now, do you feel like now people are seeing that young people have issues too and that's kind of changing or, and how even like, was it difficult for you to talk about as far, is it difficult for you to talk about, you know, anxiety, dealing with anxiety and, and going to therapy? Is that difficult or embarrassing to talk about? Or do you take a sense of pride in the fact of, hey, I'm getting the help that I need and it's been really beneficial for me? When I first started therapy, I was a little, uh, I don't, I don't know about this. This is not, you know, like this is not what the cool people are doing. But like I got older and I realized that if I'm telling my story and I'm helping somebody, that's way more important to me than my image. Because someone might need to hear, someone might need to hear what, I'm, you know, what you might be keeping in. And I think that, um, I think that it is kind of changing teenagers, like being depressed, being a stigma and everything. I think that it is changing because social media is, you know, really becoming more popular and everything. And some teenagers go on to social media to talk about their feelings and everything. And I feel like that brings awareness. TikTok and Instagram and everything, those platforms give people the opportunity to talk and reach out. And, you know, I have a therapist. I talk to, I talk to this therapist, um, you know, in this, in this uh, building, you know, there's, really a lot of different ways that you can connect with someone through social media and it's really changing for the better I feel like that's good that's good does it make a difference I wonder when like a celebrity talks about it you know like their mental health struggles or is it more impactful when it's somebody um you know like your age on TikTok talking about it I think that, sadly, I feel like it's more of a celebrity. If It would be more impactful if a celebrity said something because, like, so many celebrities are what you call an influencer. So if you see a celebrity doing something, you're going to want to do it. Most teenagers are going to want to do what their favorite celebrity is doing. But if you if you do like, but then again, if you are if you do have a friend, but there's also the side where you have a friend or somebody you didn't even know had anxiety or depression and talk about it, and that would make you want to talk about it even more. Yeah. So I just feel like you never know who's watching you or listening to you. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's true for you today. Um, you never know who might hear um, this interview and say, well, hey, maybe I should have a conversation with my son or daughter and find out how um, 
remote learning is going for them, if, you know, being away from their friends and sports and activities has caused some issues for them. And, you know, maybe, you know, sometimes it's having a conversation and just talking and seeing where, where their head is. And then sometimes it might be even taking it further and say, hey, maybe you might need some additional support. So, yeah, I think you are, by you being open and transparent today, I think you're definitely um, going to help some people have a conversation with their young people in their life, their sons or daughters, or even a young person hearing this may be prompted to seek out help. So I definitely applaud you for um, being open and courageous. So as we conclude, we talked about all of the wonderful things that you're doing, Sister Keepers. Um, You participated in the Future Leaders Academy, which was an awesome program this summer. Um, Queen of Resilience, Ambassador Level Girl Scout. So what kind of plans are you making for your future? Well, I plan to, well, I will be graduating in December. I'll be graduating early. And for my next semester, I plan to try to knock out my core classes for college. And I will go to a community college close to my house. And then I would really like to go to Wash U and go to a law school. Awesome. Awesome. And do you think as you go further in college, that um, you'll continue with therapy during those transitions or? (laughs) I definitely will be doing, still doing therapy when I go to college. I feel like you never get too old. Like anybody could start therapy and college, transitioning from college is a very, a very big change. And I think that therapy will help a lot for a lot of people. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. And so you love Jesus and um, you're saved and a believer too. And you got, yes. <laughs> you got Jesus and a therapist. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And so it's important to understand that you can have both and one is not, um, the therapist isn't replacing God in your life, but it's just a tool as I think Lena was talking about earlier, it's a tool that um, God can use to bring about your deliverance, your healing, your wholeness, um, working together with it. And as Allie brought out, faith without works is dead. So sometimes we have to um, put some things into into work, into, into play, so that we can receive the deliverance that God has for us. Thank you so much, Alexandria, for joining us today. I am so very proud of you. Love you. And I'm just... Um, I just have such an awesome daughter and I thank you for really um, being open and helping a lot of people today. Love you. Love you too. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> right, bye-bye. Thanks for accepting. This is Relevant, the radio show, and I'm your host, Natasha Harrod. When I cannot feel sparrows when I cannot feel Thankful thoughts. Father, I thank you for the resources that you have provided me in those times that I needed support. I am thankful that I cared more about my wholeness than about the opinions of others and got help when I felt I was sinking. 
I thank you for pastors that I was able to go to for spiritual guidance. I thank you for accountability partners that you bless me with. Through prayer and trusting in you, I came through the dark shadows of depression victorious. And yes, I am thankful for every counselor and therapist that I've seen throughout my lifetime and the wisdom that you bless them with to help guide me to the shores of peace. And for that, I am thankful. Some of y'all have been in some bad relationships and some of you had your heart broken and you've been lied to. I want to let you know that there is a lover named Jesus and he will supply your every need. Family. When I cannot see Uh-huh. Just because no one else can heal or do your inner work for you doesn't mean you can, should, or need to do it alone. That's a quote by Lisa Illyrio. I hope that you've enjoyed our conversations today on the topic, You Can Have Jesus and a Therapist Too. Know that you don't have to do the work alone. In addition to your faith and prayer, God uses counselors and therapists as resources to help us to get to the place of wholeness that he desires for each and every one of us. Thank you for joining us today. Have an awesome week. Be real, be relevant, and walk in the light.